Hello friends, and welcome to the Shellac Stack. My name is Brian Wright, your host for this little musical variety hour featuring 78 RPM records from my collection. It's music from the first half of the 20th century. There's no real theme on today's program. It's another assorted grab bag of 78s, and we're going to start with a hot bit of jazz recorded by Carl Halen and the Washboard 5 for the tiny Knickerbocker label, a division of Clef Music Shop. This is Knickerbocker record number four. Carl Halen hailed originally from Hamilton, Ohio, where he was born in 1928. His parents were German immigrants. He took to music from a young age, started studying accordion, but fell in love with jazz and by his late teens decided that he wanted to play trumpet. So he taught himself how to play and soon had a band, the Gin Bottle 7, that recorded quite prolifically in the 1950s for the Riverside label. Meanwhile, he pursued a full-time career as a teacher in Cincinnati public schools and later operated his own Christmas tree farm. Carl Halen died in 2012. On this record, we'll hear Carl Halen play the trumpet, Bob Thompson play the washboard, Bob Vert is on the piano, Bob Sand playing the banjo, and Charlie Paris playing guitar. It's a well-known tune, goes back to the 20s, Cakewalkin' Babies from Home. Thank you. 
I love that record, Carl Halen and the Washboard Five, a recording made in about 1951 and probably in New York City, Cakewalkin' Babies from Home. I especially like that moment about 30 seconds from the end where the bottom just seems to fall out from the entire rhythm section. All the musicians seem to be going in different directions rhythmically and it takes a few beats for the rhythm to lock back in. I'm not sure that was a mistake. I think they probably meant to do that because it's very, very effective. It really catches your attention and just sounds so neat. I like it. Carl Halen and the Washboard 5 starting off this edition of the Shellac Stack, where we're listening to 78 RPM records from the first half of the 20th century. And in the next set, I've got three dance bands for you. We'll hear in this set Hal Kemp directing the Carolina Club Orchestra, a recording made on October 30th, 1929 in New York, featuring Skinny Ennis, the vocalist, on He's So Unusual. This record's in, unfortunately, somewhat rough condition, but it plays half-decently because it's a nice laminated, okay pressing. After that, we'll hear from George Olson and his music, a recording made exactly four years earlier on October 30th, 1925 in New York. This time, Fran Fry is the vocalist on a song by Chick Endor and Eddie Ward called Just a Little Thing Called Rhythm. It's Victor 19834. But we're going to start off with Art Landry and his orchestra, recorded in October of 1926. The vocal trio consists of Al Marino, Dinty Curtis, and Wilbur Edwards. The song is by Cliff Friend, and it's called Hello, Bluebird. Oh, oh, oh. 
loving And I got to have some loving She says, please, stop it, please She's so unusual But I want some kisses And I'm burning up for kisses She says, no, let me go She's so unusual I know lots of girls Who might be crazy over me If they only had this lady's opportunity I would let her pet me But the darn fool doesn't let me She's so unusual She drives me wild
Just a little thing called rhythm. Just a little thing to bring joy to your heart. Yes, indeed. That was called Just a Little Thing Called Rhythm, played for us by George Olson and his music, a recording made in New York on October 30th, 1925. You can always tell a George Olson record of that period because there's such a distinctive sound to the rhythm section. With heavy piano and tuba just chunking along, it makes for a a great sound, I think, very danceable and very distinctive, as I say. I've not yet heard another band of the era that sounds quite like George Olson. Before that, we heard from Hal Kemp with the Carolina Club Orchestra, an OK record from October of 1929, He's So Unusual, a fun song. And we started off the set with Art Landry and his orchestra in 1926, a song by Cliff Friend called Hello Bluebird. That was Victor 20285. Art Landry seems to have had a fascinating career. He was born in Montreal in 1896, and during World War I, he served with United States Marines alongside Rudy Wiedoft. After the war, he made his way out to California and worked for a time with both Art Hickman and Paul Whiteman. And by the early 1920s, he was leading his own orchestra and seems to have found his way probably to Chicago, where, by some accounts, he befriended King Oliver and would even sit in with some of his men on King Oliver's dates from time to time. He made his first records in 1923 for the Jeanette label, And on those records, his band is sometimes billed as the Call of the North Orchestra, sometimes the Syncopatin Six, or the Commodore Band, or the Regent Orchestra. In any case, he made his way on out to New York and made a whole slew of records for the Victor label in the mid to late 1920s, and uh, lived a long life. He was active in television in the 1950s and 60s, and lived until the age of, I believe, 94. Art Landry and his orchestra here on the Shellac Stack. Up next, I've got a really great pianist for you, one that seems to be not as well-remembered as I think he should be. I really like him, Carmen Cavallero. This is a Decca record from March of 1946. It's a song by Richard Rogers and Lorenz Hart, Lover. Thank you. 
of your tender kiss Always thinking how I miss My happiness A million years it seems Have gone by since we shared our record was arguably the biggest hit of 1948, John and Sandra Steele singing My Happiness. It was issued on the Damon label, record number 11133, probably the only hit Damon ever had. (laughs) They advertised that thing all over Billboard magazine as the original because there were other versions of the song on the market at the time by the Marlin sisters, Ella Fitzgerald, uh, a whole slew of them, really, but this was the record that became the big, big hit. The song, incidentally, was written originally in 1933, well, the melody anyway, by a man named Borny Bergantine, who was the son of Italian immigrants who settled in Kansas City. He had a rather rough life, it would seem. While still a toddler, he blinded himself in his right eye with a toy umbrella, and then not too many years later, fell out of a tree and really mashed up one of his legs so that he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. Go figure, years later he would write a song called Watch Your Step, which became a national safety song. Anyway, that 1933 version that he composed was not published, but in late 1947 he brought out the melody, and this time with lyrics by Betty Peterson it was published and very quickly became a hit and a standard. Connie Francis later had a big hit with it, And, of course, it was one of the selections that Elvis Presley recorded at his very, very first recording session at Sun Records in Memphis when he made his 
first personal record there before he was uh, contracted to perform commercially. My happiness. Before that, we heard from Carmen Cavallero at the Piano a Decca record from March of 1946, the song by Richard Rogers and Lorenz Hart, Lover. My name is Brian Wright. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in and listen to our little shellac stack program here where I'm playing 78s from the first half of the 20th century. If you'd like to write to me, my email address is shellacstack at gmail.com. Again, that's shellacstack at gmail.com. You can send along your comments, questions, suggestions, or requests. I'll take them all. Again, shellacstack at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the program, I'd be so grateful if you might take a moment and leave a review of it on any of your favorite podcasting services where they offer the option to leave a review. Maybe your review will help prompt somebody else to give us a chance, to give us a listen. Okay, let's listen to some dance bands of the mid-1930s now. We're going to start with a recording made in Chicago on November 30th, 1936. It's an Irving Berlin song played by Henry Bussey and his orchestra, Someone Else May Be There While I'm Gone. This is Decca 1101. And then we'll hear something from Artie Shaw and his new music back when he was still called Art Shaw and his new music, and we'll wrap up with Henry King and his orchestra, but I'll leave those song titles for you to discover. First up, here's Henry Bussey. Thank you. 
seems we stood and talked like this before We looked at each other in the same way then But I can't remember where or when The clothes you're wearing are the clothes you wore The smile you are smiling, you were smiling then But I can't remember where or when Some things that happen for the first time Seem to be happening again And so it seems that we have met before And laughed before and loved before but who knows where or when a lot of vibrato, <laughs> but I like it anyway. Recorded in New York on June 14, 1937, that was Henry King and his orchestra, the well-known song Where or When, composed by Rogers and Hart. Joseph Sudi was the vocalist, and that was on the Decca label, 1319. Before that, from December 23, 1936, we heard Art Shaw and his new music, Sobbin Blues. That was a Conqueror record, 9193. And we started off with a song by Irving Berlin, played by Henry Bussey and his orchestra, that was Someone Else May Be There While I'm Gone. Kind of a cumbersome title if you think about it. That was a Decca record, 1101, recorded in Chicago in November of 1936. You're listening to the Shellac Stack, bringing you 78 RPM records from the first half of the 20th century. And up next... I have for you a famous American pianist who made his career and fortune over in England in the late 1920s and on into the 1930s. This is a record he made in London in May of 1940. I'm speaking of Carol Gibbons. And this is one in a long series of records he made called Carol Calls the Tunes, in which he would play a number of tunes medleyed together with his own spoken introductions. So I'm not going to tell you the titles that we'll be hearing because Carol will introduce them himself. This is a British Columbia record, FB2437. I'll tell you that this is Carol Calls the Tunes number three, and we'll hear both sides. I'll just put them together and we'll let it go continuously. So take it away, Carol Gibbons. Here's an old tune that seems to come back with a bang. Old Johnny. Thank you. 
is kind of a nice idea. When you wish upon a star. Mockingbird Lane. My favorite tunes, Over the Rainbow.
free serenade. As I mentioned at the start of that record, Carol Gibbons made quite a few of these Carol Calls the Tunes records. I think I've got numbers as high as 25 and 26 in my collection. In any case, I've got about 15 or 16 of them, and one afternoon, for no particularly good reason, I decided I would sit down and listen to all of them. (laughs) Well, one or two in a row may be okay, but 15 or 16... Oh, let's just say after a while you start to recognize some of Carol Gibbons' formulas and putting these together, and uh, it's not exactly the most stimulating listening after about 30 or 40 or 50 minutes of it, but hey, if you want to give it a try, I think there's quite a few of these to be found on YouTube, so you can look him up, Carol Gibbons, and listen to more of these if you like. This one, Carol Calls the Tunes number 3, was recorded in London on or about May 9th of 1940. All right, we're going to head back to a real early record now, one made probably in Philadelphia on about December 15th of 1903. This is the Hayden Quartet. And this is back when they were still spelling it H-A-Y-D-N on the real early records. That's how it's spelled. But I guess after a while, people were pronouncing it Haydn, like the composer. If you have any familiarity with classical music at all, you're probably familiar with Franz Josef Haydn, whose last name was spelled H-A-Y-D-N. Well, apparently the quartet wanted it to be Hayden, So eventually they started adding in an E, H-A-Y-D-E-N. I wonder how effective that was at guiding pronunciation. I suspect quite a few people probably continued to say Haydn Quartet. Oh well. This is a song called Bedelia that was a big, big hit around the last turn of the century, and I can see why. It's got a real pleasant melody and some really interesting harmonies in it. It was written by William Jerome and Gene Schwartz, and this is a monarch record a product of the Victor Company, Monarch 2559. I'll warn you now, it's in rough condition, the sound isn't the greatest, but I still would like for you to hear it because I think it's just a wonderful performance. The quartet sings largely unaccompanied here, and I know my friend Neil will especially appreciate this. So here we go, the Hayden Quartet in 1903, Bedelia. A charming Irish lady with a roguish winning way 
who has kept my heart a bumpin' and a jumpin' night and day. She's a flower from Killarney with a temporary smile. She's the best that ever came from Erin's Isle. And I find myself a singing all the while. a little blasty and noisy after 115 years, but <laughs> then again, I guess you or I might sound a little blasty and noisy after 115 years. Still a good performance from 1903, the Hayden Quartet with Bedelia, a monarch record number 2559. I think we have time for two more selections on today's Shellac Stack program, and we're going to wrap up with a same song, second version. We'll hear two different performances of the same song, Oh, Promise Me, written by Reginald DeCoven and Clement Scott. This song has become inextricably linked with the comic opera Robin Hood, written by Reginald DeCoven with lyrics by Harry Smith, which premiered at the Chicago Opera House on June 9, 1890. But the song actually has its origins a bit earlier. DeCoven composed it in 1887 with lyricist Clement Scott and published it as a standalone art song in 1889. I guess it was fairly popular, and DeCoven decided to weave it into the third act of his opera, where it is performed in the background at the wedding of Maid Marian and Robin Hood. And it is through that association with the comic opera that it became quite famous, and all the record labels of versions of this song that I've seen cite Robin Hood as the source of the song. Anyway, we'll hear it first sung for us by Harry McDonough in 1909, a recording on the Victor label, 16196, and then we'll hear a nice instrumental version 
played by organist Jesse Crawford, recorded some 16, 17 years later in Chicago, October 6th of 1926. So two versions now of Oh Promise Me, starting with Harry McDonough. That someday you and I will take our love together to some sky where we can be alone and faith renew and find the hollows where those flowers grew.
Two versions of Oh Promise Me, first by Harry McDonough and then by organist Jesse Crawford. That's all there is for this edition of the Shellac Stack. As always, I thank you very much for spending this musical hour with me. It's been a pleasure to have your company as we listen to these 78 RPM records from the first half of the 20th century. If you had fun, I hope you'll help spread the word, and I hope we'll see you back here next time for more 78 RPM records. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.